0: I'm Joseph. And I'm Nick. And this is Fish Jelly. Ooh
1: wee. Ooh wee.
0: I recognize that. uh,
1: (laughs) uh, Kathleen Turner, serial mom.
0: That's right. (laughs) Watching the birds. Well, we went MIA yesterday because I wasn't feeling well. So we didn't, we suddenly couldn't do the live. Suddenly, last summer. But I'm only human. You are. Was there a backlash? there was concern concern
1: well because
0: the you know the live is set up ahead of time so Uh. people were in the live chat waiting so i feel bad for that but it was yeah i yeah (laughs) but i'm back Mm -hmm. not better than ever but here we are uh so my apologies and i do uh want to thank the people who continue to sponsor the podcast Mm -hmm. they can do so through spotify also um i um you know we have merch and people are buying it so thank you Uh (laughs) there's a link to the merch shop in the description for this episode um moving on to restaurants uh Well, a PSA because- I, I didn't
1: realize this has now become a regular portion of the podcast. People like it. What I eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, where
0: we go. <laughs> where we go. What I eat, where we go. That could be the name of the podcast. <laughs> what I eat, where we go. Well, the problem is I'm not very descriptive. So I don't think me descri- like talking about menu items is, I don't know. Anyway, no, we there's a restaurant in West Hollywood called Queen Violet. Uh-huh. And they're very social media friendly. If you go to Instagram and look up Queen Violet, there are some really, they have like um, a wall that has like um, shrubbery and then the restaurant name and like neon lights. So it's like the perfect place to take a picture. They have this like shrimp dish with blue noodles Uh that is extremely photogenic. The
1: magic noodles. You've had it. I've had it, yeah. It's okay. It's okay, yeah.
0: I think... I would qualify their food as okay. Mm-hmm. We've eaten there many times. We've had brunch there. Okay.
1: Well, the com- it has the trifecta of things going for you. Like there, It's affordable. Uh, well, there, I think
0: it's more expensive than it should be. Yeah. But, but it, it's still reasonable. In
1: LA, so it's reasonable-ish to you. Uh, and there is easy parking.
0: <laughs> Probably the number one reason I agree to go is that there's a huge parking lot next door in, like, prime West Hollywood, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And for the 30 plus years I've been visiting LA, that parking lot has existed. And somehow people know not to park there, Mm -hmm. which is so strange to me. There is big signage because it's next to a Wells Fargo bank and it's very clear like Wells Fargo bank parking is not allowed here. And then beyond the restaurant, Queen Violet, I believe there is like an like, like a vet maybe it's like a pet related something. or a pet related something but the the plaza as a whole seems kind of vacant mm-hmm. except for this restaurant leaked so there is always parking which is great
1: and it yeah in the restaurant itself is it's always comfortable
0: they have outdoor seating mm-hmm. I would the indoor seating is not comfortable no sit outdoors so don't yeah. go when it's raining so you can't go when it's raining But at night, it's cute. If you go during the day, you can see that it's a little dusty and busted out there. You can see the (laughs) wizard behind the curtains, yeah. Yeah. But at night, I I think it's a cute place to go. But yeah, and and anyway, the food's very uh, mediocre to me. But I wanted to mention it because this happened to me in Vegas a few weeks ago when I was with my sister because the check came and I just grabbed it and paid. And she's like, you don't look at the check. And I'm like, well, I just look at the total but in my mind i have an idea of how much i spent so i don't really like do the breakdown and she's like you need to look at your check because they add the gratuity yeah like many places add a gratuity even if it's a small party so then you're tipping double yeah and that happened to us last night which was annoying to me because they're very nice yeah so it's not like it's bad service but it's like the food's not great and it's last okay. night the 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 service was lacking a little bit. But the gentleman, the the person serving us was very nice. Yeah. But then I was upset that, like.
1: You were made to wait. And they don't make
0: it clear, Mm -hmm. right?
1: About the added gratuity. So I don't like that. That feels shady to me. So they got, like, a 45%
0: tip last night. (laughs) On, like, mediocre food. To me, that's annoying. But anyway, check check your bill. And if you see a charge on there you don't understand, ask. We have, some, we have two things in the start of this man section. Oh, we do? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned an actor, Mohammed Ben Atia. <laughs> Got a director. Oh, a director.
1: Yeah, uh, because in my best and worst of Venice, I said that his new film was Moroccan. And I don't... I, off the top of my head, it is not Moroccan. It is Tunisian. Uh, he's a Tunisian film director. And I've seen three
0: of his films. So I misspoke. And then... I realized recently that on desktop, when I look at the YouTube studio um, desktop, uh, I may have been blocking people accidentally. Oh, yeah. So there are, you know, the comments are moderated. And then as the content creator, you can add additional um, filters. So like, you know, there are obvious filters like hate speak. Mm-hmm. You know, the the algorithm smart it can but then you can add additional words like which I'm not going to say the words I've added because then people will know, but there are other words I don't like to read or hear that oh. I've added. You have to tell me about those words. I don't know about these words. I'll tell you. It, it it won't be a surprise, but it's just like and and I may be doubling up. I don't know. I I'm assuming that YouTube allows these words in because I see comments like that. Is and one so, of them gunsel? No. So that's what prompted me to add the word, but it, so it automatically holds the comment and I have to approve it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So it doesn't like automatically delete them. It just holds them. And then if I don't check within 30 days, then they get deleted. which has been limbo. Mm-hmm. So oh. we do get a lot of comments that are on hold. And then there's an additional filter that's like for hate speech, like literally when people call us the F slur and somehow those get through, but they get put in a separate bucket that. YouTube makes it so you don't even have to be exposed. So it'll say like, you have comments in that bucket. Are you sure you want to look at them? Do you look in the bucket? Yeah, not regularly, but when I do, it's like, okay. So I'm assuming a lot of them get, you know, cause I, it, I will go more than 30 days without looking in the bucket. But anyway, the other day I was in the initial bucket that shows all the comments on hold. Mm-hmm. And one of them was from a commenter who I recognize Like they comment on a lot of things. So when I read the comment, I was like, Oh, that's, I I don't even know why they would hold it. Mm -hmm. So I click, you can either accept or, well, I realized that I've been clicking the wrong button Uh, (laughs) because I thought the check mark meant yes, block it. (laughs) And then there was like a circle that I thought meant no, or like, let it go through. Mm-hmm. But it's actually the opposite.
1: Oh, okay. Well, good. So to know. I've
0: certainly um, how blocked many years in. Are we? I know. So well, I'm assuming, because I've had people comment in other avenues, like on Instagram, like, mm-hmm. hey, I think you blocked me. Yeah, I've seen that stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, so here's the challenge. I tried to figure out how to unblock. Mm-hmm. But I can't. And even if I could, it's like, I don't even know who I mean, unless I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. but it's been so long and so many but and maybe those people are mad the one good thing though is if you've been because then i had to research like do people know i blocked them if you've been blocked on youtube you can still leave a comment but you don't know and it still shows but only for you oh so you it's so they call it like a shadow blocker like you've been shadow banned or i don't know yeah yeah I've. Heard so the only the way tattoo. you would know if you want to know if you've been blocked go to a video leave a comment like logged in as you mm-hmm. log out of YouTube, then go back to that video and see if your comment's there. Oh, yeah. Because if you stay logged in, it will, which is kind of smart because it, it's like probably less agitating to people if they think they actually left their dumb comment. Yeah. But yeah.
1: But not if they've been blocked uh,
0: accidentally. No. and Well, because then I feel bad also because then it's like, oh, people – are like probably leaving comments and thinking like oh we don't ever react to them sure but so i don't know if if well here's the other thing too the the comments that do go into the bucket they were filtered for a reason through via youtube so it's also like well maybe you said something a little too spicy and that's how your ass got in the bucket to begin with so (laughs) but for anyone who thinks we blocked them uh we probably did but (laughs) It wasn't on purpose. I was trying to like allow the comment because a lot of times they get blocked for being a little saucy, but I don't mind that. Mm -hmm. So now I, yeah, I don't want people to think I blocked them because I was being sensitive. I accidentally blocked (laughs) you and I just don't know how to unblock. Moving on to films released we didn't cover, Camp Hideout. Uh, yeah, directed
1: by someone named Sean Olson, And I don't know anything about this film. It's about a kid that runs away to a camp that's hiding out. Get it uh, from, from a couple goons that he has something they want. Uh, it, it's like a family-friendly, adventure-ish film. It the, seems in, to be. the Inventor? Uh, this is an animated film. Daisy Ridley does a voice uh, about... Uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci I believe uh, Jim Capobianco and Pierre-Luc Grandjean uh, are the directors and apparently neither of us had interest in watching it
0: Is it Canary or Cannery? Canary Isn't there a book called Canary Row? Or... It's Steinbeck Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, but this with, is Canary
1: There's an interesting story behind the making of that film um, involving Raquel Welch um, who they approached a star in it, but didn't really want her. They wanted her name to get a higher budget. And then they uh, yanked the deal away from her and said she was difficult. and She had to go to court. And because she wasn't, and because they really wanted Deborah Winger.
0: So in the final product, who's in the movie? Deborah Winger. Oh, shit. Did Raquel get her money? I think, I believe she did. Oh, that, you know what? I bet that happened a lot. Like they would get names to secure budgets and then at the last minute be like no girl yeah anyway that's that but canary uh,
1: is a documentary uh, about a man named dr lonnie thompson directed by daniel malley and alex rivest and uh it sounds like it, it based on the one comment i happen to see on the poster it, uh, saying that this is the closest will come to a real life indiana jones it's a man that runs around and does things like that yeah. <laughs> cassandro I was surprised that you passed on this, frankly, uh, but I saw it out of Sundance and I would watch it again. I think it's a fine enough film. Uh, it's directed by Roger Ross Williams and it stars Gail Garcia Bernal. Oh, the a, wrestler? The gay luchador.
0: Oh, I would have watched that. I well, I said don't know. No. I,
1: I sent you this list and you did not return it to me with what with that on it. Oh, I must have it was an oversight
0: then because I was interested in watching
1: it. Oh, okay. Well, uh Raul Castillo and Bad Bunny are both in it. Uh Castillo is playing the closeted love interest of Gael Garcia Bernal. Uh it's Raul it, Castillo? Yeah. The guy
0: from Wednesday.
1: He's in Wednesday? No, that's Luis Guzman. So I <laughs> need to Google You know Raul Castillo, very handsome from looking. I'll be the He's judge. also heterosexual. Oh yes,
0: he's in um he's in another show where he plays He's in that movie that was to, the, the the gay black guy who was in the army, and his like lieutenant oh, yeah. is this uh, Raúl
1: Castillo. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, yes, that was the God. What was that called again? The Outpost, the training. The, yes, he is very handsome. Uh, yeah, so apparently he's <laughs> pegged to play these closeted people, even though he himself is not. He's also really good in Weed the Animals. Uh, but yeah, well, I don't know. I think it ex- it I believe it got a theatrical window this week, and I think it'll be on. Amazon Prime next week. So you could, we still could cover it if you wanted. Oh, okay. And, and you know, just, just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, which I didn't realize starts mid month. Yeah. <clears throat> and yesterday was
0: Mexican Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, the today, my initial plan. Oh, wait, m- did I just mess that up? Was it yesterday? Anyway, go on. My
1: initial plans. Um, secret film today was uh supposed to be related to that but we will have to move that to next week
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm staking that claim for next week yesterday was mexican independence day september 16th which is often uh, cinco de mayo is not mexican independence day no. for everyone out there it's just um, a day to get cheap mexican food for most people though oh i wanted to see elevator game you did but, but the link you had it
1: expired. you know i don't know why they sent me the screener link in july uh, cause it was no longer available to me. And then uh, there was too much else going on this week. So this fell
0: through the cracks. The premier the, the primer, <laughs> the primer, the primrose, the primrose, my tremor. The premise looked interesting.
1: My though. tremoring primrose. There's a movie called love at first sight. Oh, but Rebecca McKendry, to shout out directed the elevator game. Uh, love at first sight looks terrible to me. Uh, starring Haley Lee Richardson. It's a Netflix release about two people that fall in love on a plane.
0: Ooh. Good luck with that girl. Uh, that's directed by Vanessa Caswell. Well, there's a movie. Uh, there's a BET plus original starring uh, Eva Pickford, uh, who I think you watched like five minutes of it with me, where she's on a plane in this like handsome white man. Oh, I don't know. Trying remember to get that. at her, and her best friend is like the flight attendant. So they're being all like. She's the go between. But then okay. we find out that he's, it's like a thriller. Oh. Like that he's actually psycho. Sounds like but... something Liam Neeson ish. Yeah. Next, A Million Miles Away. Uh, this is,
1: uh, uh, I can get, assuming being released this week, also in keeping with Hispanic Heritage Month, starting Michael Pena as Jose Hernandez, a f- uh, man who was a farmer turned engineer turned astronaut based on true story. That uh, looked really corny. So that's why I passed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Directed by Alejandra Marquez Abella. Uh, it did. I'm not the biggest fan of Christian
0: Scientologist Michael Pena either. I think he's. Yeah, I don't it. care for Michael Pina. Yeah. Um, Speaking of elevator game, he's in that horrible movie uh, where the toast goes jelly side down. Devil. Right. Isn't that him? Yeah. Well, yeah. That written by M night Shyamalan. That's also about an elevator. Yeah. Um, Lastly, rebel.
1: Uh, I watched this. I was going to write about it for us, but I really, I didn't care. I don't think I'm going to write about it. I didn't like it, but, uh, it, this was, I think, in the midnight section at Cannes in 2022, two hours and 16 minutes. And I was like, I'm not making time for this then. it's We've seen uh, their they're best known. It's directed by Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, who directed uh, Bad Boys for Life, Ugh. which I didn't care for. Uh, but they uh, made this saga uh, based out of the uh, war in Syria in 2014 and a young man who's... Uh, uh, believes he's leaving Belgium to go help, but beca- becomes radicalized and then tortured and killed because he doesn't share the beliefs of these terrorists. And then his 13 year old brother, who also becomes uh, semi radicalized. The best part of it to me is the mother, played by an actress I really like, uh, Lubna Azabal. I'm hoping, I feel like I've never looked up how to say her name, but Lubna, I love you, gal. Uh, but that is a, <laughs> Lubna. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love
0: you. I love you. I love you, Poppy. Uh,
1: Madonna, but, I love you. And she gives a good performance. But I, I thought the film was a little overwrought, even though it's dealing. I think I keep forgetting that war is also still going on. Um, anyhow,
0: it, oh. it, it's worth a look. OK, I, I was thinking that Beyonce's lyric is Queen Mother, Madonna, I Mm hmm. <laughs> And everything everyone thought she was saying Aaliyah, and then Aaliyah comes up again. But then she says Aaliyah later. So like, oh,
1: you. But she says Grace Jones twice. So I don't
0: know. She does say Grace Jones twice. Um, I feel like she should have said Janet, but you know, she, well, she does say Janet, but it's I in mean, between like. At least she didn't leave Janet out. Can you imagine? Well, she left Mariah out. Yeah, but
1: I mean, Mariah is difficult. <laughs> uh, okay, movies we watch for fun three days of the condor you watched part of this with me i got a new Kino lorber 4k robert redford and faye dunaway oh robert redford was pretty handsome oh yeah he's very fetching in the 70s although um,
0: how old was he in that movie oh. go ahead three days of the well condor, he
1: was probably remember. born in the late 30s huh uh you know i remember my dad absolutely loved this film and the last time I watched it, I was probably a teenager, and I remember probably finding it a little dull then. But I think it—I think it's a very well done conspiracy thriller, uh, with with kind of an anti climax. I think with what's really going on re- regarding black gold. But I, I is find, black gold he, oil, yeah. Oh. I find his uh, the situation with Faye Dunaway, who he base is a random woman he captures on the street and kind of holds her hostage. But then, oh, yes, have, that's right. I saw that. Sex and fall in love. Well, you know, she ends up kind of caring for his cause. Uh, It's interesting watching Faye be subdued and sensitive also. I feel like people would say the same about me. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, oh, that's an that's interesting. They got her on a tranquil day Uh, (laughs) because that's not usually the case.
0: Robert Redford was thirty nine. Oh, so what year was he born? Thirty six. Oh, see. Oh, see. Not bad. But yeah, he he's quite handsome. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the Emperor Jones. Uh, you know, I, I've I own the Criterion collection on Paul Robeson that I've and I've never watched. I believe I've never watched Paul Robeson in a film, but uh, I watched this in 1933 uh, feature directed by Dudley Murphy, based on a plane by Eugene O'Neill, which Robeson uh, originated on stage. And I have to say this is quite interesting, and I was actually shocked at how many times the N word is used in this movie. Oh. Uh, but he is this uh, escape prisoner who ends up—don't even ask me how this happens—but makes it to a Caribbean island where he becomes the king and then starts enslaving <laughs> his own people. Uh, <laughs> terrible person. It was—it's it, worth a watch, and I think Robeson's kind of magnetic, uh, and I'm looking forward to watching more. Uh, but randomly, I had come across this on. What's HBO called now? Max. Max. And I was like, oh, like this is a, a, a history I need to catch up on, but very interesting. Next one false move. Uh, yes. Carl Franklin's kind of breakthrough that criterion has put out, which I'm supposed to review that. Excellent. Really excellent. And, uh, I didn't realize Billy Bob Thornton who stars in it, is in a supporting role. Also wrote it. Uh, And Billy Bob Thornton, the female lead is Cinda Williams, who he married briefly after this. Uh, But Bill Paxton is, Bill Paxton's technically the league is the small town Arkansas sheriff who, uh, uh, oh, and a very young Michael Beach who's who's very handsome and very sinister, which is surprising because I don't think of him uh, in that way at all. Uh, But this trio of people are murdering people in drug related activities and then going to hide out in Arkansas. And the, LAPD knows that he's already getting, that that is where they're headed so this small town sheriff is on the lookout but he has kind of an explosive secret regarding the woman that's part of that trio which is he sired a a child with her uh yeah I highly recommend it Carl Franklin you are we watched out of time recently mm-hmm. with Denzel which I remember you liked as well
0: next the quick and the dead
1: I hated this movie uh, speaking of my dad, I remember he didn't like this and I, I first, despite it being directed by Sam Raimi and starring Sharon stone and Gene Hackman, uh, and DiCaprio, like all people that I, you know, like for the most part, uh, I'd never seen this. So I, I, it's not good. I, I think the stories behind the making of it and the tension on set between Russell Crowe and Hackman and Raimi are much more interesting and how Sharon stone, who is kind of at, uh you know, kind of the greatest height of her fame in 95. Also Oscar nominated that year uh, and is producing this and uh, insists on casting Crow, who was unknown to us audiences then and then uh paying leonardo DiCaprio's salary out of her pocket that those are all more interesting than whatever's happening on this film which is about this gun contest that this, this gunfight where people spend three days killing each other and have some vague personal vendettas that i could care less about sharon stone is trying very hard to be trey sirio uh but i yeah i don't recommend
0: this film it's caca to me <laughs> Lastly, we watched Legally Blonde, which I had never seen. And I
1: haven't seen since my dad took my sister and I to a mall in northern Minnesota to watch it.
0: This is the 2001 film starring Reese Witherspoon. Um, I don't particularly care for Reese Witherspoon. I don't have a problem with her. I just like anytime like she would not get me to see it. Like her in a movie is not enough for me to watch. it. There is. She has never topped her performance for me in Freeway. I could watch Freeway any day of the week. But we were in the bedroom flipping mm-hmm. through movies. And I don't know what possessed me to agree to watch Legally Blonde. Well, I said Raquel's in it. Oh, I think it's because you said Raquel's in it. But I'm glad I did because I enjoyed it. It's, it's cute. <laughs> it It's very formulaic
1: and, and campy and kind of dumb. But it's Reese Witherspoon is clearly like throwing herself into this role.
0: Yes, I thought she was really sweet. Um I have issues with the story I mean it's not a perfect movie not at all but um I thought she was sweet I think um boy I didn't like Selma Blair her character I I think I don't have a problem with Selma Blair but like in this character in this movie oh I hated her oh she's just a bitch yeah. and then when she tries to turn it around and be nice like girl we bye. absolutely not I don't <laughs> think so because she's mean a couple times she's mean but I think that's the charm of uh whatever her character what, what's Reese uh Elle Woods I think the charm of Elle Woods is she's just nice. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost, it's like, it's heartwarming. Like, Oh, cause she's like this rich. And then even her parents are so like, the dad is like this boozy housewife. I don't know. Yeah. He's
1: like, he's like law, Lost law, law schools for people. What does he say that are bo- like,
0: boring, boring ugly. and ugly or something? Yeah. He's like, but, baby bunny. Why would you want to do that? But I just love like that. Her parents were so cool. And like, don't expect much from her but she expects a lot of herself and they're really cute scene. i, I think her relationship with jennifer coolidge's character is yeah. cute um and then jennifer coolidge is always funny to me the worst part is really the bend and snap scene oh that bend and snap i know you know I, I that is the one thing from this movie i knew yeah because it's like and that traveled beyond yeah but i don't think that's Oh my God, there's this black woman like break dancing. Yeah, why are you doing that girl? Oh, I was so embarrassed for myself and <laughs> <or> for her.
1: <laughs> but it just, its it, the bend and snap itself, you couldn't come, nobody could choreo something that looked a little more graceful or, but I don't, it's just stupid. But there, to me, my memory as a young closeted queer kid with my dad and my younger sister was like that film was maybe the first thing I saw at a multiplex where it's like, oh, there are like
0: blatantly gay people in this. Oh, yeah, so. there's a <laughs> the, the cat got excited. Yeah, um, yeah, there's a plot point of like, because there's this whole murder trial. Your, and, your knockoff Prada shoes, or your last season Prada shoes, and a character being gay is kind of a way to save. Um, Allie Larder.
1: Allie Larder, who the the um, evil white woman from Beyonce's obsessed.
0: But I do think it's funny that we find out who the real killer is because of a uh, hair related. Uh, <laughs> Factoid. And that's Linda Cardellini. Is it? Yeah. With oh, the it perm. is. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was amusing.
1: It's cute. Raquel, da, you know, from my, my taste, she doesn't have enough to do. But uh, no.
0: And no, she doesn't. But um, I, I would watch the second one. I want to see what L's up to. I'm sure I watched that. I would have been in uh, an undergrad
1: by then. But I I don't remember a lick of it. Red, white, and blue, I think is the title. I'm that
0: person who's so late. Like, have you seen Legally Blonde? It's really cute. Like, yeah, girl, 23 years ago. (laughs) Anyway, we need to take a break. The secret movie this week is not a secret. It's the 1987 drama film, September, directed by Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to do our live video on it, but I came down with the vapors, so <laughs> we, we couldn't do it. But um, it was based off of a poll, and the theme for the poll was September, yep. which when we were having dinner one night at our favorite pizza place- We were drunk. And so. we were drunk, and I'm like, let's pick all our themes for September and October right now. <laughs> so we like came up with all these themes and then i think i'm the one who came up with september and i really thought that eight i was like oh this is such a brilliant idea like let's find movies with september in the title Mm -hmm. child nobody voted for this There are only 441 (laughs) votes which is like less than half of what it normally gets within like the first three days so it's been over a week and there's only no one cared about september (laughs) i think the problem was no one recognized these movies the options were september 30th 1955 until september come september two weeks in september and september
1: and the only one that i've seen was woody allen september i voted for september 30th
0: 1955 because it stars susan tyrell i wouldn't have yeah i wouldn't have even because if I don't recognize any of them, that seems like a lot of work to look up each one. Sure. So kudos to the people this who is for did the most enterprising, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, September one, well, it was the, the, the margins are pretty thin. Like it, it, I, which I think shows that people didn't know any of these. <laughs> so and this is probably, <laughs> this is the best known of those, but it only won with 31%. So to the 12 people who voted for that, here's a review of, uh, September. So I've seen it before. It's been you had seen it before. like two thousand since two thousand nine though. This movie is sort of modeled after a checkoff play called Uncle Vanya. Yes. Um, like loosely, I guess. You've seen another
1: play modeled off of that, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike.
0: Starring
1: uh Segovia Weaver.
0: Weaver. Mm-hmm. We we saw it at Lincoln Center. Yeah, back in also twenty thirteen. Which was weird because we were very close to the stage I was right up front yes yeah, Sigourney was yeah. right in front of me her hair looked really nice mm-hmm. and then it had my friend in it Billy Magnus well that was your introduction to him that's when we became friends yeah uh-huh. in, but, your, um, in your head movie <laughs> <laughs> in my head I feel like we're friends <laughs> But um, anyway, so the film September, which is directed by Woody Allen, it's about at a summer house in Vermont, neighbor Howard falls in love with Lane, who's in a relationship with Peter, who's falling for Stephanie, who's married with children. I don't think that's a very good uh, No, it's not. Of this. Well, because it's, it, I mean, it's, all. well, it's effective in that there's like sort of this love tangled web of whatever. That's half the movie, I I, I guess. But it's not as interesting or dramatic as that sounds. So basically, Mia Farrow plays this woman named Lane. The names in this movie are so confusing to me because Elaine Stritch, her character's name is Diane. Mm -hmm. Diane Weiss is in the movie. Then Mia Farrow's character's name is Lane. And at a point, Diane Weiss says Diane Weiss says Diane Lane. Called you over here. So then now someone's saying Diane Lane in the movie. (laughs) I was so confused. So I'm just going to use the actors' names. Okay. So Mia Farrow is this fragile woman who's recently attempted suicide but was not effective. So now she's convalescing at her home in Vermont. And we see that she has company, like her best friend, Diane Weist, her mother, Elaine Stritch. Each of those women have um, husbands. Then there's...
1: I was going to show you the... um that the polish poster art for september
0: oh isn't that beautiful yeah but i would it's a butterfly with a, the word a moth za- getting close to the flame. flame and falling apart shout out to janet jackson's rolling stone cover which uh was that published anniversary 30 years yeah. ago this weekend yeah but um, anyway, and because you said like a moth to a flame, mm-hmm. burned by the fire. Yeah, and of course I my know love is reference. blind. Can't mm-hmm. you see my desire?
1: Yeah, that's the way love goes. Where she's
0: being, uh... Boop, ba-da-boop, ba-da-boop. <laughs> you know, there's a podcast dedicated to her dulcet tones, Janet Jackson. I believe it. It's these two women who are super fans. Oh, you should be a guest. Yeah, I need to look them. Up. I'm gonna. Sh- I, I I'm gonna research or I yeah you should pose it in a way don't you know who i am why i have not been invited to this it will call the janet jackson podcast uh, uh-huh. so ladies if you're out there or if someone who knows them tell them that there's no reason why i shouldn't be on this podcast <laughs> but um
1: oh that also reminds me do you remember the musical i guess group or act september no some is is she russian the lady the no her name's petra and remember they had that one hit uh you'll never see me again you'll
0: never beat me again those were my
1: lyrics yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i filed that report
0: on you domestic violence is not funny (laughs) believe me of course not but when you can turn it into art pop I got so derailed. So Mia Farrow is recuperating at home and she's visited by her mom, her best friend, their husbands are there. There's a neighbor who comes to visit and Sam Waterston is also there and we find out yeah, Sam Waterston, he's a
1: writer. He's like renting a part of the property yeah. to work on his own. And model. he
0: is very interested in writing about Elaine Stritch because Elaine Stritch is sort of modeled after Lana Turner. And Yeah, I
1: believe that because lana turner johnny stampanato was murdered was shot to death by lana turner's teenage daughter so, I so think- elaine
0: stritch in this movie is playing an actor who we're told her boyfriend was shot and killed by mia farrow her daughter and then we
1: watched that betty davis movie with susan hayward about the same thing where love is gone
0: so of course it was a big scandal when it happened but of course decades have passed and We see that Mia Farrow is dealing with a lot of like issues and trauma related to her childhood and I'm sure this murder, but Sam Waterston is trying to convince Elaine Stritch to let him write her like memoir Mm -hmm. specifically like talking about the murder Mm -hmm. and that's upsetting Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow is in love with Sam Waterston. They've spent the whole summer together.
1: I think walking and talking.
0: But it seems like he's just an opportunist yeah. who's probably just doing this for a nice cheap place to live and to get close to Elaine Stritch. And then Diane Weist has been having an affair with Sam Waters. Well, we kind of see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's starting to happen. So, of course, like, neither Diane nor Mia know that they're both, like, into this guy.
1: Well, no, Di- Diane knows. Stephanie knows. Oh, that's right. She knows that Lane is head over heels for her because that's why she's uh, initially like uh, uh,
0: trepidatious. <laughs> so the story is very simple. Everything culminates with, so as you know, this very much feels like a stage play, like a one stage, like chamber piece. Yeah. yeah. So as the audience we're witnessing this budding romance between Diane and Sam, we see Mira, Mia sort of. Breaking down because she's not, she can tell that Sam's not that into her. Uh, Dan Home Elliott is the elderly neighbor that is who's in love, in love with, with Mia. Mia because her because Mia is trying like while everyone's at her house, we have a real estate agent there showing the house because Mia is going to sell it and take that money and move to the city because mm-hmm. she thinks she needs a change. And we'll get to how that plays out, but everything culminates with sam kissing diane like in private and then like the real estate agent opens the door to show like a potential buyer and then everyone sees them Mm -hmm. so now mia knows and it's also a scandal because diane weist is married to another man Uh so who's taking a break from
1: him for the summer
0: yeah yeah (laughs) but so of course there's contention between mia and diane but they end up resolving it because it seems like they both realize that sam is like a Not worth their time, not worth their time. But then a secondary plot is Elaine Stritch, who's really only in the beginning and the end. But it's at the end when Mia is like really fragile and she confronts her mother because all of a sudden Elaine Stritch is like she she doesn't realize that Mia is selling the house. Even though
1: she's told the daughter has told her that
0: multiple times and she's been in the house all day where a real estate agent's been showing it. But the mom is so self-absorbed, Elaine Stritch, she doesn't realize it. So when she does, she goes, wait, you can't sell the house because I've decided to live here. With my husband, Jack Wharton. Mm-hmm. And Mia, like, loses it. Like, bitch, what? Like, you told me this was my house and after everything you put me through. Well, she's lost it because she the,
1: the affair with her friend has also been discovered. So like, yeah. she's, she's at fever pitch here. And then
0: she intimates that, like, you know, you, t- you told me to tell the lawyer I shot your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So to the audience, we assume that elaine probably killed that man but she had her daughter take the blame for it so then of course elaine changes her tune like oh sweetie you know what i don't have to keep the house you sell it and you do what you need to do i'll be fine (laughs) because (laughs) you just called me out about murdering someone and then the film just ends um
1: well i i i do i like this film more than you do i think but um I like that she's just this eternal lane is this eternal
0: sacrifice that was established at that moment where she took the fall. So I read that Woody Allen had shot this film with a different cast. He, um, well, uh, Diane Wiest and
1: Mia were both in it, but more Mia's I believe own real life. Mother Maureen O'Sullivan was
0: in the original version. Yeah. So, and then Christopher Walken, <laughs> Was in it, uh like, originally cast to play the Sam Waterston role, who I think actually seems like he would have been better, but...
1: Oh, and I think that post I showed you, that might have been Czech, not
0: Polish, sorry. But anyway, I read that, yeah, this film was shot uh twice because the first time they had a different cast, and then there were even cast changes in that, then they reshot it, and then I had read that Woody Allen had since stated that he would like to redo it again and i think my problem with the film is i think the casting is weird mia farrow is so fragile which is her brand and it works in a lot of things i mean obviously like a rosemary's baby she's perfect Mm -hmm. but in this movie it's just like on site it's just like textbook like fragile woman with mental health issues and ptsd who's just attempted suicide and she can't get her life together it just feels very obtuse like well it doesn't help
1: that the wardrobe both her and diane wear. i think i said that they, it looks like they made
0: they're wearing clothes reconstituted from tablecloths it's very to me like when maria bamford says when she pretends to be her mother and her mother says when you don't wear makeup you look mentally ill like <laughs> that's how mia farrow seems so yeah. it's like this movie's not a comedy no
1: it's one so, of the few that like interior i think that so. interiors is a superior film but yeah
0: it's very much like that so then, there's that. Then Diane Weist, who I really, really like, love Diane Weist, like yeah. really, really like her. But I felt like in this, I don't know, these two women are so unappealing, and I think maybe that's part of it. Like, sure, that is so obvious to the audience that this handsome man is just using these women. But
1: I think the dialogue, for the most part, is pretty good because it gets I am, I think, rather poetically am able to determine why these women are feeling this way. Because when Diane Weist explains. It wasn't so much that she's Sam Waters, she's at a point in her life where she's unhappy in her marriage and he represented a a challenge. So she, she admits to flirting with him kind of to test her own powers uh, of uh, desirability. Right. Right. And that, cause as the title suggests, it's all about, you know, autumn is setting in the end of. Summer, the, the life changes. Elaine Stritch is obsessed with aging and, and appearing old. And uh, it, it, it's all about things kind of fading out and
0: uh, eventually everything's going to be dead. Well, continuing with the casting, Elaine Stritch, I feel, is like a bull in a china shop. Like, mm-hmm. again, it's not a comedy. So then you have Elaine Stritch coming in. And initially, it's like, oh, she's so fabulous. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. But by, and, and that's just the beginning of the film. And then we get like 45 minutes where she's not really.
1: Well, she's that she's got the scene where she's talking to old lovers while she's drunk playing the Ouija board by herself.
0: Yeah, I just feel like she was so good. Like, if you pluck Elaine Stritch out for most of her role, I thought that was really fun. But then it it feels out of place with everything else that's happening. Then Sam Waterston, who's very handsome, he just looks like a really nice guy. And again, it just feels like a very obvious choice, like cast this guy who is disarming like i like i wish it were a little more sophisticated like he is a little more sultry and debonair and like because i i I didn't like that it was so obvious what he was doing with his words Mm -hmm. like when he's talking it's like oh he's clearly just using everyone Mm -hmm. but then he doesn't look like that and to me that seems real basic sure but i don't think christopher Walken would have fit that role either I don't know. Well, when I think about him, I think like, oh, he has like this quirky personality. And then I feel like if he were written correctly, yeah, you okay. could see him being alluring. Like, oh, he's really charming. Because Sam Watterson not charming in this movie. He just looks, he looks like someone you'd feel comfortable with. Yeah. But what he's saying is. He's disarming. So it makes sense. I just didn't think it was like, it left me feeling like, um. Like this, like this was meant to be a comedy, but they didn't write jokes.
1: That's what he, that that was Alan's approach to interiors. He said, it's like, it's like one of my comedies, but I just took all the jokes out.
0: Yeah. And so it's, it's like, well, maybe we need that. Like, like, I I think this story, like the way you're telling it needs some humor because it's not dramatic enough. Like even when Mia realizes Diane is like, you know, pushing up on her crush it, it it just felt so like well oh, you're you're a little irritated but then you two sit down and well there's that it's scene, all milk toast it, to me it,
1: oh there's that scene where I, I feel you know I feel bad for these women by the end like and oh I do too like when Mia Farrow is crying at the window and she's talking about how lonely she is I, I, there's this achiness to the film that I think throughout that I I feel kind of a kinship with maybe but I I liked it
0: I think the most effective part is. So Mia is upset that Elaine is considering giving Sam this story to write because the implication is like, or, you know, what, what Mia is afraid of, I'm sure is that it's not going to be the true story. This was a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And like, if you write this book, it's going to get like brought up again, and then it's going to be in the news and then I'm going to be the center of attention again. And like, how's that going to affect me? Like mom, you don't, you seem to have never cared about how your actions affect me. I thought that was the strongest plot point in the movie. They do. And they, they keep getting into little tiffs about
1: like And Elaine Stritch keeps saying, stop blaming me for you not having lived your life, it's
0: like, yeah. but
1: you are to blame,
0: right? So I almost think that this would have been better. Like if most of the story involves these two. then and their relationship and then all these supporting characters are sort of helping weave weave us in and out of like slowly stack the truth so that the culmination of it all is we find out that mia didn't shoot that man elaine did
1: it's still a pretty good that reveals still a pretty good moment i mean
0: it's i mean it's effective because it's a shocker but it's also like that's pretty. I mean that's a pretty
1: big thing. I need to make you watch Night Mother with Sissy Spacek and M Bancroft, and it's just the two of them, and it's Sissy Spacek who has some kind of neurological disorder. I don't know if she's epileptic, and she basically tells her mother, "I'm killing myself tonight." So the whole play, and, and of course the film, is about the mother wanting to stop the daughter from trying to from killing herself
0: that night. Mm. Elaine tells Mia, "You dress like a Polish a Polish, a Polish refugee." refugee. <laughs> I thought that was funny. She also tells Mia because. Elaine thinks me as desperate, like yes. And then she tells her, "I always felt like there was a fatal air of hunger in your last affair." <laughs>
1: oh my God, bitch! <laughs> and then me was like, "You only sauce together once." She's like, "Well, I could tell." I could yeah. tell. And that is the man, a married man, because she basically tells her daughter, "You drove him back to his wife." Um, She—that's who she tried to overdose over when he left oh god oh
0: so well so then sam comes over to like take mia on a date basically like he brings her flowers gonna and, go to a kiosawa film and it was really awkward how all of a sudden he leaves mia to go talk to diane yeah and then that, that's when their little sort of thing starts to bud but that scene was kind of clunky to me like i didn't quite mm-hmm. like. <laughs> sure <laughs> okay. it's not it's not perfect but
1: i think what he was doing some interesting things because right after this he did a great film that i think is underrated with jenna Rollins and mia farrow jenna is plays this terrible overbearing woman like where her children hate her everybody hates her um but she she starts to become obsessed because she's going whatever i forget the building she's going into but she can overhear the therapy sessions of the woman played by mia farrow who's this fragile pregnant thing and starts to
0: feel a kinship with this woman oh it's very interesting then um they're having like they're like they're trying to liven up the mood so they're playing music and (laughs) elaine just being loud and crazy she's like don't you have any coon sanders nighthawk orchestra and i'm like what coon sanders (laughs) so i looked it up and that music sounds so (laughs) old-timey like million type shit like you want to get the party started with this (laughs) girl sit your old ass down (laughs) oh and then that seems awkward because she's trying to get
1: sam to dance with She's like, you should ask Lane to dance. And then Lane comes in and she's like, Sam wants to
0: dance with you. But then I can't really criticize her music choices because the music they do end up playing throughout most of the film is very light jazz, Mm -hmm. which is the music I play when I'm trying to work. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very relaxing. That's kind of what he likes a jazzy sound. (laughs) Yeah. And I do too. Um, But yeah, the neighbor. Oh, Denholm. Mm Mm-hmm yeah he's really trying to push up on mia but but she's telling him she's in love with sam and he's like and he's like jealous of sam he's like kind of gross well
1: he's old you know and he knows that he's like trying to convince her in his way like does our age difference bother you
0: i'm going to miss you so much no man you smell like mothballs that's why although mia looks like oh god mia looks like she doesn't get enough minerals probably not and her yeah she looks like she has a very restricted diet. <laughs> sure, I, I I believe that's probably true. With those translucent ass teeth. Um, um, so, uh, Diane's character she's like on sabbatical from her husband mm-hmm. who's a radiologist and at a point she tells sam waterston that she won't even let her husband take x-rays of her because she feels like he will be able to see her true feelings about him that is a dumb line that's yeah. the dumbest line i've heard in a that, lot that's time. why
1: i said the dialogue for the most part is pretty good but like that that's kind of like oh that could have been that, that idea could have been finessed in a different way, but you know, then you get a gem. Like what, what the line that I think sums up all these people in this movie is uh, someone says you do funny things when you feel empty inside.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: like there, I think there's some, there were some beautiful passages of dialogue, but yeah, every now and then there's kind of like,
0: "Mm." When Elaine Elaine's talking to Sam about the book and she's like, Oh, I know so many Sammy Davis stories. He's the best. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs)
1: oh and when the when the people are because there's pictures of a young elaine stritch framed throughout the house or that's very blue jasmine in that moment when elaine and me are arguing about who owns the house yeah <laughs> well who i don't know
0: do i own it no i gave it to you like what and then mia tells uh I- elaine it's expensive to be sick i need this house buddy <laughs> and then she's telling her mom like i'm just wrecked and you come and go with no guilt like i i I felt bad for her i do too um i i i thought this movie was good
1: especially because woody would then do something the same the same thing that happens to lane happens to mia farrow in in real life
0: it just makes me want to go see a checkoff play
1: that parker posey rendition i saw in april was the adaptation of the seagull
0: Hmm. You know what, you know, or oh, I would love to see a, a a a production of September on stage. Cause I do think it, it could be, I think it's the casting, you know, what it, it, you have to have the right cast. That reminds me when I interviewed
1: Parker Posey, she, uh, talked about an adaptation of three sisters that I haven't seen that I've, that I've known about, I think with Shelly Winters. And she's like, Oh, you need to see it on YouTube. So actually maybe that would be, we should watch three sisters,
0: YouTube. What would you give this movie? Three and a half. I would give it three out of five. Anything else you want to say about September? Uh, wake Me Up When It Ends. When uh, I okay, it. well. It's a Green Day reference. No. I, I, I didn't. Oh, yes. I do know that song. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a September 11th related song? Oh, I don't know. Song? I don't know. Uh, what do we have coming up?
1: Uh, the only major press screening I think I'm trying to take you to this week is the, for the creator. What's that about? Uh, it's the new Gareth Evans film. Oh. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We have family related stuff and a uh, wedding to go to this coming week. So there, there's. Oh, that. yeah, we
0: have. There's quite a. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then we I forgot this is coming out this week, but we watched this like months ago. Uh, it lives inside. That drops this week. Oh yeah. Um, I the, the actually it's not a very good week for releases because the new Expendables movie is coming. That's kind of the big one. Oh, and I don't. I, I'm we're not watching that, are we? I didn't have any interest. I'm assuming you didn't either. Well, because Jason Statham's in it. I think. Yeah, like all the old the gang's all here. I just don't. I wouldn't. I mean, I've watched at least two of those, and they're, to me, they're they're caca. I don't know. There's a new spy kids movie coming out.
0: Blech. Yeah. Well, that's good. I can catch up on things I need to do. But yeah, so, but the creator is the big deal screening. We're going to this week.
1: Oh, and shout out to, I'm, I'm going to see one of these films this afternoon. The American cinema If you're in LA, they're doing an Arturo Ripstein retrospective. My, fantastic director i mean and there's an opportunity to see some stuff that is very hard to get a hold of much less see a good print of it uh, on the screen today i'm going to see the realm of fortune which i'm very excited about i've never seen um and i'm i hope i can fit at least one other one in and more excitingly next sunday they're having uh well next weekend they're doing some restored prints of kira Miratova, which i'm very excited for very hard to see some a fantastic russian filmmaker who's now dead uh very experimental very strange but yeah anyway all done sure
0: ta-ta for now